0: Public enemy number one, self-will. In the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 13, Jesus remarks, They will look without seeing, hear and listen without understanding. How many times have I heard something in the simple path? Listened to a Thursday night teaching and did exactly the same as those in the time of Christ. Heard and listened without understanding. What sound barrier deafened my ears, dumbed my understanding? In over 20 messages covering a 13 year time span from 11 16 10 till 5 8 23. Jesus gives clear answers to my rhetorical question, highlighting three synonymous words, self-love, self-will, willfulness. Simply stated, public enemy number one, our spiritual progress can be identified as self-will. This monster, this Frankenstein, self-will, is deeply rooted in my very being. It lies so hidden within me that only a relentless effort on my part, to expose and annihilate in the light of the Holy Spirit, succeeds. Let me illustrate by giving an example of how I try to be attentive to recognizing this monster hidden within me. Some time ago, Maria Higgins called my attention to a remark I had made. She said it was hurtful and reminded her of the snobbishness of the prideful elite acting class. What did myself will do when I received this admonition? it immediately went into sending me a strong reaction of denial to her accusation. I even felt offended by it. But the simple path and the messages have taught me repeatedly. Treat every criticism as a gift. Treat every criticism as a gift. So I force myself to act against the spirit of my self will. The spirit of my self will, which always works to hide the truth. It's important. Did you understand that? That your self-will is constantly at work in you to hide the truth from you. Imagine someone hiding things from you. How irritated you would be. We should be very irritated when self-will Hides the truth from us. Self-will. Keeps me from receiving. Self-knowledge. Your self-will. Will will always keep you from receiving. Self-knowledge. Why? Because self-knowledge comes from the Holy Spirit, and it reveals the truth. What I did next was to bring the matter into the light of prayer. Begging the Holy Spirit to reveal to me the why. Why did I make the remark What prompted it? I persisted in prayer, not from a standpoint of proving my innocence. Because that is exactly how self-will acts as public enemy number one. That's exactly how self-will wants me to behave. Defend myself. Deny it. No. I was begging the Holy Spirit to reveal to me what Maria saw that I didn't see. The very next day, while I was out with a friend having a very nice lunch, an incident occurred where I automatically reacted in a similar prideful manner. But this time, it was like being struck by lightning. Immediately, the Holy Spirit convicted me. And in this totally unrelated incident, the Lord clearly showed me exactly what Maria saw that was so ugly in me and so disguised even from myself. Later, I apologized and thanked Maria, but even greater, after I brought the two sins into the light of confession, I left the church with the joy of a cancer being removed from me. I have the messages in my hand. You have the numbers. I've spent hours hearing the talks over and over. and reading the messages over and over and because of that time spent god has given me the grace to recognize this horrible monster that I'm going to talk to you about more this evening and I'm telling you, it's a very difficult monster to recognize. Why? Because it's not outside of us. It dwells inside of us. And the only people that see it are other people. No mirror will show us this evil monster because in the messages Jesus says this so clearly this monster hides in us let me just start going over some of the things Jesus says about this monster And how to get rid of it. Although I shouldn't say how to get rid of it. Because we never get rid of it. We have to constantly be putting it to death. It doesn't die once and it's gone. It needs to die constantly. It needs to be put to death over and over and over. Like those movies I see kids watching sometimes, where the person shoots the other person and they never die. That's what warfare is like against our self will. We can keep killing it, killing it, killing it, and it never dies, but it does weaken. And if Jesus says we can to put it to death, then eventually we can put it to death to some extent that we receive the grace of the Holy Spirit. Because it's just such a horrible, powerful monster. Jesus says... Embrace my precious feet and kiss my wounded feet. It is there through this gesture of humility and love that the plank of pride and self-love is removed. Notice immediately here, what what do you see? Jesus is connecting pride to self-love. So what is necessary for us to do? We have to identify in us pride and self-love. And that's what we beg and plead and pray every day before the Holy Spirit to reveal to us our pride, and self-love. And then we have to be attentive to how he reveals it to us. He revealed it to me at the restaurant, but the first revelation was through a criticism. Revelations come through people giving us accompaniment. Revelations come from our attentiveness to our very self. One of the first times that I really remember struggling and trying to identify this monster in me was while I was praying... I remembered something that I had to do, and it was a message I had to send. And I picked up my phone because I said, I've got to send this message. And all of a sudden, I realized something that desire, that urgency to send that message was coming from my self-will. That was the source of that desire to satisfy what I had remembered. So I put the phone down and I said, I'm going to take authority over my self-will. And I refused to send the message. And then I noticed something else that at times I would give in and be totally distracted many times during my adoration. Just give in to self-will. When I did that, everything went wrong that day. What I would work hard at putting to death self-will Letting nothing distract me. Being centered solely on Christ. Everything worked out beautifully that day. And so not only was I putting to death self-will, not only was I identifying it, but I was reaping the fruits of living in the joy and the peace of the Holy Spirit then I notice something else. That if I give in to self-will, I experience agitation. And so when I experience agitation, I have to say to myself, why am I agitated? Pray to the Holy Spirit tell me why I'm agitated. The Holy Spirit brings me right to the root cause. The root cause is always my acting out of self-will, my giving in to resentment to bitterness anger, it's all self-will you can call it different names, but it all stems from one root. It has many, many ugly flowers but it all comes from the same root. Jesus then says that if we touch his feet and cleanse them with our tears, the Holy Spirit will remove the plank of pride and self-love Jesus calls it a plank. Do you know how big a plank is? I don't know anything about carpentry. But I know a plank is a big piece of wood. <laughs> and he says that great big piece of wood is what's blocking my vision. And if that, what's it blocking me from what could I be seeing that I don't see? He told us on December 15th in a teaching 2022. teaching was called The Glory of God. We can see and experience the glory of God if we remove that plank of self-love. And when I listened to that teaching, the glory of God, that was one of the gifts. I must have listened to that teaching 10 times. But one of the gifts from it was picking up on what I had to do to see the glory of God. And this monster, self-will, had to die, or had never see the glory of God. In order for a plant to blossom, it must be water nurtured and live in the rays of the sun. A soul too must be nurtured in daily prayer and given the food of the Eucharist. pruned in the sacrament of penance, the sacrament of penance every time i went to confession i was working on discovering how many times i gave into self will and boy did that help bringing that into the light of confession discussing with the confessor self will my weaknesses in that area jesus says in order for humility to kill the deep roots of self love, pride, and vanity, a soul must come to my cross for her heart to be plowed with my thorns and wounds. That's Jesus says it right here in this message to kill the deep roots. He's telling us. How ugly this monster is that it has such deep roots, but he doesn't say it's impossible not to root it up. I seek daughters and sons to be my instruments, to be my voice in the world, but I find very few willing to leave all to follow me. Who am I to send? my little one, to help my people. My sons are steeped in self-love. Who are his sons? His missionaries of the cross, his priest. And what is he saying about us? He's saying we're steeped. He's saying we're drowning We're up, we're covered with self-love. Jesus is telling in this message what he sees in us as priests, as men, and as missionaries of the cross. We have to take ownership of what Jesus sees. And when we take ownership of it, and we, when we say, yes, Lord, that's me you're talking about. What do I do, Lord? Help me, Lord. It is only the humble, pure love of a mother that can touch their hardened hearts. Which means what? which means that if my mother of the cross is giving me messages and giving weekly teachings, that they have the power to touch hardened hearts. They have the power to reach me. That's why I listen to the messages over and over because this Jesus is giving me the answer in this message how I can get rid of this self-love. All these 20 messages I've highlighted everywhere where he talks about self-love. And in most of them, He connects them to pride. My crucified eyes, it is my gaze that will pierce your hearts and heal all pride and self-love. So he's saying it's his gaze from the cross that will pierce our hearts and heal us of pride and self-love. Notice how he puts it together again, pride and self-love. It is my gaze that will awaken your hearts to love itself. It is through my crucified gaze that you will find the courage to continue in the, on the path of life. It is through my crucified gaze that you will receive the revelations of the mystery of suffering. What do we have to suffer? We have to suffer. Our our desires. We have to suffer our desires to be in control of our lives. That's a suffering. We have to suffer the desire to be acknowledged, acclaimed, recognized. That's a suffering. And besides that, we have to only abandon ourselves to the will of God. How often we can so easily pretend to be doing the will of God. Why? Because it has good effects. It looks good. But that is not a sign that it's the will of God. And that is how the devil operates. He never presents us. He never takes us away from the will of God by presenting something bad. He's no fool. He snatched too many souls souls to try that trick. Instead, he presents a greater good. The devil will always offer you a greater good to take you away from the will of God. Remember that. Keep that in mind. And when you're deciding, should I be doing this? Is it a good work? If it's a greater good, then maybe It's coming from the devil. If we're going to be missionaries of the cross, mothers of the cross, our whole life has to be centered on living this life that Jesus calls us to live as victim souls. There isn't room for a double life. There isn't room for doing my thing and his thing. Because he's a jealous God. He wants total abandonment. He wants total commitment to his divine will. He won't give in an inch. Another message. This one, very powerful. That I'll end on. Jesus asks the question in this message, why did Judas betray me? And then he gives the answer. What do you think? He says, pride and self-love. Judas betrayed him because of pride and self-love. If I don't expend all my energy on rooting out pride and self-love, can I not be another Judas? Do you realize the seriousness of recognizing this monster in you? Do you realize your whole eternal life is at stake and this message Jesus says just seek God continuously and sincerely what did i just say a minute ago that this is what he wants Jesus explained, and I'm reading the message here. Jesus explained, and I understood it is our entire way of life and spirituality to seek God continuously and sincerely, to seek continuously to know our misery, sinfulness, pride. And self love in its many disguises. These are Jesus' words I'm quoting. I'm not writing my own story here, but it is my story because my self love has many disguises. But notice he's saying on our part, it has to be a total dedication. To living this life. And he really hits the nail on the head because he talks about self love in its many disguises. And he says the only way we're going to do this is to seek continuously God Himself. He's not saying do a lot of works. He's not saying save a lot of people. He's saying to make it all about Him, to persevere in prayer, to mortify ourselves in silence. To participate in the Eucharistic adoration, to mortify ourselves in silence. How attentive have we been to being silent? But not the silence of not talking to people, a silence that is within ourselves. When we are alone, that's another place where I noticed self will wanted to control me. There were times when I had a choice of being silent or catching up on world news or reading something. That might be theologically interesting it was a choice. Self will was always pulling me to be more highly educated, more informed. But what was God asking me? To be silent. And what did he want me to hear in this silence? His voice. Becoming one with him in the light of Christ in a unity of silence. It's a struggle. I lose a thousand times more than I win. This battle of silence. And how else do we live in silence? By suffering the other. That's the hardest way to live in silence. By suffering with someone in silence, in love. Not just a silent, cool silence, but a silence of love. To suffer with that person in a loving way. In silence. Not criticizing, not speaking about him, just suffering silently with him or her. This is tough. And this is what Jesus is asking us. As the messages go on, he talks about why he has so few victim souls. We like receiving the chalice, we like making the commitment. Those are glorious moments, glorious days that we are on a spiritual high, but it's the everyday living out this life that he is going to judge us on that determines whether we are a victim soul or not. And public enemy number one is determined not to allow us to be a victim soul. That's why I plead with you tonight to go over all of those messages that you were sent, to reflect upon them in hours of meditation before the Blessed Sacrament, and to identify in your being that monster pride, and self-love. When you identify it in yourself, that's going to be the first great step you take. Because you need to know who the enemy is to win the battle. God bless you and thank you. For more information on the path to union with God, please visit the Love Crucified community website at www.lovecrucified.com. God bless you.